Conversation Solutions. This is episode number two of the podcast. I'm your co-host, Rick Sanders. Today we will discuss, fellas, the practical applications Mm -hmm. of wealth and health in our life and how our salvation pertains to that. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of the things we want to start off with today are just what happened to you this week. What um, experiences did you have relating to wealth and health? Um, well, I'll tell you, I had an experience, fellas, where I was um, I was speaking to a, a sister in the Lord who had been, I mean, she's been saved a long time, been a part of the church, go to the Baptist church, and we were talking about um, her situation. She was frustrated. She was frustrated because she's basically dependent upon the job she's on She's dependent upon that as her ultimate, I'm going to say source. It should be resource. You know, in her mind, it's a resource, and God is a source. But, but and, and I get that. But her life practically is lived out not in that fashion. It's lived out as if if she don't get a paycheck. It's all over. It's, all, it's just done. If she don't get a paycheck. Now, now w- what I'm saying is when God is your source, um, there's a there's a there's multiple resources that he would have you to use to where you're not dependent upon one particular source. Remember one of the things we talked about with poverty was it leaves you dependent. Mm-hmm. Poverty will leave you dependent. I think there was five things we mentioned that poverty will leave you defenseless, it'll leave you defiant, it'll leave you deficient, it'll leave you uh, desperate and it'll leave you dependent. Those five things that poverty will do for us. And we were talking, and in the conversation, she was she was just expending her frustration because her supervisor was just getting on her nerve, and she just couldn't take it no more. And I just don't know what to do, but I, but I need this job, <laughs> you know. And so that was the mindset. That's why God doesn't want us uh, in poverty. That's why He wants us living life more abundant. That's why He wants us to have more than enough, so we're not dependent. You know, one of the greatest things God has given us is the is the liberty to choose. But if you're not financially in a position. Then, then, then poverty will take away that per, that liberty to choose, that free will to choose. Because now, 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 and most folks might not want to admit it, and <coughs> it's not to bring anybody into condemnation. If you're listening, if you're watching, but you become a servant to mammon. You become a servant to mammon when you're not in a position financially to where you don't have to go to this particular place. You don't have to do this. And and what we're supposed to be doing is working our way out of that. Right. When we talked about uh, Psalm 66, verse 12, the Bible says, we've been through the waters and we've been through the flood, but thou hast brought us out and unto a wealthy place. We may start off uh, on the job. We may start off at the bottom, but eventually we should be striving to become the head in whatever area of life God has called you to. So, you know, that experience for me, you know, it it frustrated me. And because I began to talk to her about, um, you know, Jesus said, uh, come unto me. I began to talk to her about that and she just, Man, she just, she just, you know, she's been in, stuck in her ways for so long, and she believed what she believed. And for believers, it's like, how do we, how do we get people to see that our salvation, the emphasis is health and wealth. God wants us wealthy. And you, you know, speaking, I'm going to tell you that to another degree. So I was once told by a mentor of mine that if you have an issue with somebody, somebody annoys you, somebody bothering you, whatever, pray for the folk. Right? <laughs> because you'll grow a heart for them, mm-hmm. right? You'll have some sort of compassion to them. You'll begin to look at them differently mm-hmm. if you're spending your time praying for them, mm-hmm. right? When that happens, there's certain things that occur. There's certain graces that are put in you for that person that allow you to connect to where now it's start wor- working on, working on that person, to where that person doesn't 
approach you the same way, doesn't treat you the same. You start connecting with that person. And we've been given every tool to be able to relate to people, to have them favor us. Right. We've been given every tool. It's just about activating that to whatever degree it is until that other resource comes into play to where she doesn't have to be dependent on this job. Right. But where she is now, right. she has the ability to just pray for the man, right. connect with him, start talking, hit him with something, ask him how his family's doing, ask him right. something so work re- uh, non-work related that it's like, man, she, she cares about what's going on in my life. And it just starts to open up things. Mm-hmm. So you can then relate and get through the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the way you put that because you put that in the framework of our salvation. The Bible says all things have been given unto us unto life and godliness. We have everything we need. That's why salvation solutions, our salvation is the ultimate solution to, I don't care what you're facing. In this particular case, you, you connected it because there's a favor that she should be walking in toward a supervisor. Yeah. Supervisor should favor her. I mean, that's just what it is, you know, and as, as, as she does the things that she's led to do, if it's just asking him, how was this day, or, you know, do you need anything, you want me to bring some coffee, or whatever, you know, if we take a servant approach, right, we talked about um, the word zoe, the word zoe is the word for life, and that's actually Jesus' uh, insight on how we overcome poverty, one of those four, out of those four words, one of them is the word serve. And the ultimate um, characteristic of an entrepreneur, one of the characteristics of an entrepreneur is that of, of a servant. And what's the key, though? What's the key to being a great servant? I'm going to ask both of you guys are husbands. As husbands, what's the key to being a great servant to your wife? Humility. Humility. Okay, great. Knowing what they want and doing it there how you they go. want it. Humility. The humility to say, you know what, baby? I want to serve my wife the way she want to be served. I don't want to serve her. Most husbands and wives serve their spouse the way they want them to be served. Right. They want to serve them how I want to serve you. You know, if I'm if I'm if I'm you know if I'm uh, if I'm going to get if I'm taking her to the hairdresser, you know, then I'm going to tell the hairdresser do a hair like this. <laughs> no. Well, that, I'm paying for it. <laughs> right. Right. No, that's not how it works. You know what I'm saying? She she cooking your steak. Well, you know, she cooked the steak well done when you like it medium. Yeah. Well. But I'm I'm sir I'm cook. no it don't work <laughs> like that, you know servanthood is a matter of s- the the key to it is what makes great entrepreneurs is they find out how their uh, clientele or how the people that they're called to want to be served, you know that's what really marketing is all about. Marketing is about discovering my niche market and discovering those who are who are within my niche market. How do they want to be served? How do they want this product to work for them? Not here's my product now you I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you like it is now you make it work for you. That's actually you know? been huge for me this week, um, specifically. Um, you know, for for a while, starting off in in my production company, mm-hmm. um, I was getting a lot of clients who were beginners, and I remember what that was like for me coming up as an artist and learning to sing and trying to get into the business. So it was it was it was a great blessing to me to be able to be that blessing to them to help them along the way, and then eventually you start to see that you know there are certain people who are motivated and certain people who are not. Right. So what I've experienced this week in particular as it relates to that is I've been put in position where where I'm, you know, the the artists that I've been working with um, just on my own, not through any you know other companies or anything. um, They've been extremely motivated and Mm -hmm. I've been able to now link them with other clients who own record labels and Mm -hmm. things of that sort and get them going. Mm -hmm. And now that 
in turn increases my business, right? Right. right. But now we're all growing together right. because the mindset is, I, I'm I'm done working. That that's that's been a huge deal throughout the week that I've been talking to all my clients about, my friends. You know, by the end of this year, I don't want to have to depend on the job. Right. I want to be able to do what I'm made for, right. which is to make music right. and make a lot of money doing it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, I love it. I but love it. it's I love it. It, seeing seeing that transition and and and, and seeing how you know just. The, the, the mindset changes from because what it what it really boils down to with, with, with the, the young lady that you were talking to, um, a, a lot of people only believe that they can do what they've seen other people do or what other pe- what other people believe they can do. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're limited by the reality right. of everybody's perspective. Right. So. Right. Great, 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 great point. Great point. People project their image on you to you and right. you accept it. Right. Remember the children of Israel when they went to when they went to spy out the land. Yeah. And the twelve came back and it was like, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. And they convinced the, the millions that was there, ten of them convinced the million because they saw themselves when they saw the giants in the land, they the ten saw themselves as grasshoppers. They then came back and projected that image on the whole nation. Mm-hmm. And the whole nation wouldn't go in and, 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 and grab what they had. That's mm-hmm. an excellent point. Practically speaking, you take the biblical side of it. You just gave us a practical example of it, of how we will allow people to project their image of us unto us. Mm-hmm. We accept it. We didn't put the limitations upon ourselves. And now we cry and we complain when really you should rebuke that image like the two did, Caleb and um, Joshua did. And they said, no, 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 we can, we can we can, go take it right now. Come on, let's go. You know, that's got to be our mindset. Entrepreneurship is about, is about, you know, breaking through the barriers. It's about climbing over the walls. It's about overcoming the obstacles. Because entrepreneurship, there's a drive, there's a force within that that we receive by the Spirit. It don't matter what people project on me. It don't matter what obstacles are before me. It don't matter. When, I, when we started, when we started um, PYP after I got done playing football, Man, listen, I didn't know nobody in the area. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't have a place to go train. I started off with six guys up at, up at the local high school, and eventually I just kept going. I just kept going. I had no background in business development. God taught me about the spirit, and that thing went from six athletes to over 1,000 athletes yeah. in a matter yeah. of four or five years. But the barriers, the barriers that people put in front of us starts a lot of times in our own head. Mm-hmm. You know? And we got to be able to overcome that we got to be able to overcome that when we, when, we, um, when we hear something different. And that's what it's all about. It's about hearing something different. We have, to learn, we have to learn how to work out our salvation. We have to learn that. It's important that we learn that. You know? So um, I, I, just, I just love what you were saying uh, about how she allowed her, uh, her, her, her image of herself to be, to be uh, influenced by somebody else. Yeah. You know? And we just, we, just, we just can't be that way. You know? We just can't be that way. Yeah, one of the things that happened to me this week, we um, were doing funds and doing the budget and just looking at things and, okay, how are we going to plot this out this month? How are we going to make, you know, with the situation with Andre and whatnot? And um, then I get a message from someone and um, they're like, hey, can you send me a letter? And I'm like, yeah, I can send you a letter. It's like, we want to do something for you. Okay, sounds good. I didn't think anything of it. Didn't think it was big or anything like that. Well, two days later, calls back. He's supposed to call me back on Monday. 
didn't call me back until Friday. So yesterday. So I get the phone call, talking to him. Wait, 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 wait. Before, before you get to that, <laughs> what, was, what was your thought process and, and how, did you, how did you get through not getting that call on Monday? Um, I didn't even think about it, to be honest with you. Okay. I didn't think about it because cause it was more of a, it's, I guess it's a faith thing of to where. You know it's coming. Right. It's going to come. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and worry about this or right. worry about that. And you know, if somebody said they want to do something, they're going to do it. Right. And if that's what it's supposed to be done, it's supposed a to be done. A lot of people don't think like that, though. Right. <laughs> right. So I'm not going to stress it. So calls back on Friday, and um, you know, we're talking. Oh, I got all the paperwork. I got everything. Everything was approved. Um, I'm going to send you a check. And I'm like, okay, cool. Didn't even ask how much it was. Just said I'm going to send you a check. He said the address. This and that. I said, yep, that's it. He goes, yep, it's going to be for this amount. <laughs> so it, it was 10 times what I expected. Oh my God. So I was literally like caught off guard by when he said it. And I thought I heard the wrong thing at first. <laughs> <laughs> so I just said, I didn't say anything. Let him keep talking. And then I got the sense that he was expecting more excitement from me. And so I said, so you said, you said this amount? And he said, yeah. I said, oh, my gosh. Praise God, man. Thank right, you. Right, I appreciate right, it. Right, da, da, right, da, da. Right. And um, so I didn't, you know, I didn't run to the phone, call Alex and all this stuff. You know. <laughs> he didn't even call me. Right, I didn't call nobody. <laughs> I didn't, you the first time you heard about it. Right. Right. <laughs> so I didn't say nothing about it. So Alex got home last night, get in bed. We were watching a movie. Children of Sleep. Like that. <laughs> I said, oh. By the way, by the way, I tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happened to me today. <laughs> so right. I told her, and she, you know, she of course like, what? what, what, right? So it's just one of those things to where it's almost accepting of, you know, is he going to trust you with a little to give you a lot mm-hmm. and manage a lot, and that's 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 where the focus is specifically for me right now to where I want to be faithful with the little yeah. now right. to be able to get to that point to where, yeah, you can trust with a lot. And a lot of people, I think they put this in their mind to where that the focus is a lot first. Yeah. I want a lot. I want a lot. I want to be trusted with a lot. Well, no, you got to be trusted with a little, just like the woman on the job. Be trusted with that little situation of how you relate to somebody that is doing you wrong or whatever the case, however you may feel. They're doing being unfair to you because I may have to put you in a position one day to manage 10 people. Then are you going to be the same way to them as he is to you? Or how are you going to deal with them not relating to you or feeling the same way that you're feeling right now? Right. So I think it's a process throughout our lives that we go through these experiences to take them, to create a person, create a man or woman that is, I mean, tested in all these things. Right. I mean, the subject matter you just broached, uh, son, is, is powerful. I'm talking about that's 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 a um, a sticking point for a lot of believers when it comes to when you use the term being faithful of a little. That's a very familiar passage of scripture uh, in Luke 19. I think it's talking about the, the pounds the Lord gave to um, or the, it's a parable. Actually, it's, it's a parable. And we, okay, we got to understand parabolic language. Jesus used parabolic language. He used very practical um, references to bring out kingdom operational principles. 
So he would say the kingdom of heaven is as, and they would use a very practical uh, uh, example that they would be able to understand. So he was giving, Jesus' mission was to reveal how his kingdom, uh, the unseen kingdom, how it functioned and how you would operate in that kingdom. And he would use the parable. So a parable is something that gives life to a to a to a unknown. It gives life to something that that we can't really see. So when he would use the parable, so when you see a parable, I, I'll use this thing. I'll say the kingdom of heaven operates. So one of the part of operating and functioning as a citizen is the kingdom is when Jesus gives you something, how you handle it. Right. Well, in Luke gospel, the 19th chapter I think is in Matthew um, 25. Uh, where he gave talents in Matthew, and in Luke he gave pounds. He used the word pounds. By the way, we're talking like the pounds were worth like fifty thousand dollars a piece, and the 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 talents were like were like uh, the talents were were, were uh, was gold. And I mean, he gave he gave. I think the the uh, the one the one he gave one each talent was worth four hundred thousand dollars, so he gave one five. So we we ain't talking about chump change here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about something like one point. Two two million dollars, yeah. right? Five. That's twenty. That's two million dollars. Yeah. So so we're talking about a whole lot of money. We're talking about wealth. Jesus don't deal in pennies. He don't deal in you know when God gives you something, He gives you something of great value. As a side note, just as a side note, but to be faithful, that is the issue. How do we be faithful? And as entrepreneurs, we would get understand this. We got to understand this. Jesus said in Luke twenty nine, He said, "Come unto me, all ye that that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." He says. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. We're supposed to be learning from Jesus on how to function as entrepreneurs. Jesus came as a king. Jesus is a king. That makes Jesus an entrepreneur. That makes Jesus a businessman. He said, I must be about my father's business. We got to understand that as believers, that we're called to do business in the marketplace via our salvation. So when Jesus said that, he was telling, he was telling uh, the servant, he says, You've been faithful, right? Well, what was, the, what was it that the serpent did for Jesus to say that you've been faithful? Well, what did he do? He properly managed, as you just said. He properly multiplied what Jesus gave him. Part of our faithfulness is not going to church every Sunday. See, we think that because we're faithful in doing that, we're supposed to, we're supposed to grow in riches. They think that's the end of it. We think that's the end of it. You know, it's not... Even though you should go to church every Sunday, but that's that's just the beginning. The faithfulness when it comes to the economic realm of our life has to be in three areas. We talk about this all the time. There's, there's three um, there's three factors or three aspects of your economic life in order for you to be properly economically redeemed that makes you whole, that brings you wholeness. Remember, wholeness is, is, the, fifth, is the fifth tier of salvation. Mm-hmm. Deliverance, protection, health, wealth, wholeness. Wholeness, wholeness is when you have Every operational system functioning the way it's supposed to function. Take our human body, for example. There's 13 systems that govern your human body. When all 13 systems are in operation, that means that's called wholeness. Jesus asked the guy with the withered hand, would thou be made whole? There's a difference in being made whole and, and wanting to be healed. Well, in this particular case, as it pertains to our economics, there's three primary ways to produce wholeness. That's making money, managing money, and multiplying money. Those three aspects. The man was faithful. In making, managing, and multiplying. See, when you show yourself faithful with the with the with the fifty thousand dollars salary, then then he'll make you ruler over much. He'll increase you. But you got to show yourself faithful. You got to have a, as an entrepreneur, we got to have a mind to make money. I start off with six six train six clients. Mm-hmm. 
I don't even think all of them paid either. Because <laughs> one of them was my, two of them was my son, Desmond and Jeremy. <laughs> the other one was my cousin. They brought friends. I think I charged them. But the point is, what they gave me, I put back into the business. I gave the tithe off of it. I do yeah. remember that. And I put and I, then I put the rest back into the business. And I kept and I kept being faithful and making it, properly managing it, and it was multiplying. I kept being faithful and making it, properly managing it, and it multiplies it. And there's a whole lot that goes into each one of those. We're just skimming the surface on what, what goes into making money and make, managing money and multiplying it. But when you think about being faithful, see, we don't relate the things we need to relate to our economic realm and what it means to be faithful in those things. The, Jesus said this, he said, he said uh, and he said unto the servant, him, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, have thou authority over ten cities. Now, I don't want to get into that. Question. Go. Yeah. So, when, when you talk about, and we touched on this a little bit with, with um, Rich's uh, account for the week, when he didn't get that call on Monday, there was a there was a level of faith, knowing that he the end game was this guy said he was going to do something. Okay, that's mm-hmm. it. I'm standing on that. He's going to do something. So I know somebody, um, friend of mine, who got into um, he, he became an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that, and it was great at first. I mean, explosion of business. You could see, you know, there there was there was um, great potential and everything was going great. Somewhere in, in, in that process, uh, I don't know if it was the passion that just wasn't there anymore or, you know, if business changed up on him. Um, but you could kind of see him, you know, stepping away from it, right? Mm-hmm. So my question is this. How, how, does, how would you translate faith in a practical sense throughout that process. And this is just this is just for people who are kind of going through this right now. You know, they, they may be, you know, running their own business and things may not be going well and they, they might start to feel, well, maybe this is not for me. Or how, how would faith be practically applied in that sense to, you know, maintain what God has given them to, to, to do? Mm-hmm. You use the word. You use the word that's great. You use the word passion, right? A lot of times we use this word to describe, you know, uh, things we desire, things we like. Um, that's kind of separate from us a lot of times. Like I have a passion for this particular thing. Well, biblically speaking now, king, be, being kingdom-minded and kingdom-oriented. In Acts, the, um, the first chapter, the third verse, the Bible says this, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by infallible, infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days. They said after his passion. This is speaking of Jesus after the cross, after he was resurrected. So they used, they used, and we, we got to understand, Jesus declared himself for this cause. When his, when his disciples was talking to him about going to Jerusalem and what they were going to do and going to the cross and blah, 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 and don't go, don't do this. He said, no, for this cause I came. His purpose and his mind was to fulfill whatever it had to, whatever it needed to fulfill, in this case, the cross and everything that, that went with the horrific, torturous death of the cross. I'm talking about most men didn't make it past the whipping post after they were flogged and after they had their beard poured out, after they were punched in the jaw by a hundred soldiers, trained fighters, after they were whipped and beaten and spit on and plucked at and pulled at, after they had to carry the cross, they, they, I'm sorry, after they, after they went through the flogging process, they went to what's called the whipping post where they'll be chained to a, to a stump and, and they would be whipped depending on uh, however, however many lashes they, they, they warranted, 
most died on the whipping post. Jesus surpassed the whipping post and went to carrying the cross and went to dying on the cross. The passion that he demonstrated is equated to your calling. It's equated to what you're called to do. He had a passion. When we talk about passion, his passion was to get to that cross. When we're talking about passion, see, well, nothing will keep you from feeling that which you're passionate about. Yeah. When, you, when you see a lot of stuff we call, we're passionate about, we're really not called to do. So we started, and you run out of energy, I like to say, because okay. passion energizes you. Right. you run, see, see, you didn't have to, you didn't have, nobody needed to energize me to play football. Nobody had to energize me to run my business. Nobody had to do it. Now, things can come up that can try to stifle you, disappointment, defeat. You know, you don't get this sale. You don't do this. But, but some kind of way, when you go back to the lab, when you sit down and you start thinking about it, that passion going to bubble back up again. Right. You can't put it out. Well, that's sacrifice, You can't too. put it out. Because that's sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed his feelings, yeah. his, his, his thoughts, his emotions, his physical pain to get through that. Man. And it's the same thing. Because if something Bible comes up, for the joy that was set before him. The same thing that comes up in football. You're hurting. You're tired. You're sacrificing sleep. You're sacrificing this. People saying this about you, oh this that whatever. You can't do this. You sacrifice all that stuff. Sacrifice going out with your friends, hanging out, doing all this other stuff. Eating what you want. Eating right. what you want just to do this, <laughs> right. right? Same thing with the business. Things come up. You sacrifice sleep thinking about how can I make this work? How can I figure this out? Right. How can I make this money to move, to move here to make this happen? All that stuff comes back to the passion and the drive you for you to sacrifice to get it done, figure it out a way right. how to do it. Man, when I came out of college, I didn't get drafted. Went to the Detroit Lions. They cut me. Went back. Miami Dolphins signed me. Signed me to the practice squad. Then they cut me. Then signed me. I mean, I must have got cut four times before I stuck. I found, but, but, but see, the passion, the drive, every time I got cut, I went back to working out. Every time I got cut, I went back to lifting weights. Every time I got cut, I got to get faster. I got to get stronger. See, when you're passionate about it, when you feel like something is your calling, yeah. man, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, for me, I don't know no other way. I mean, I don't know other way. I may be, you know, type A personality. I may be driven, you know, to do something. But listen, when I was six years old and I said I want to play football, mm -hmm. wasn't nothing stopping me. Right when I got, after I got saved and I saw entrepreneurship was it just came naturally for me man wasn't nothing stopping me everything that I set out to do within my entrepreneurial endeavor I'm gonna get it done yeah. well don't get me wrong things can come up to challenge that passion like Jesus could have man I'm sure he was tempted to quit man pop punching you in the face like that man I listen Lord that's why he said if this if it man if this cup can't if, if it's another way Lord man let this thing let this do it another way but nah. Not my will, Lord, that thy will be done. Listen, people are going to say no to you. People are going to turn down your offers. People, for whatever reason, it ain't got to be on you. We can't let that stifle us. We can't let that stop us. Your passion, your passion should be connected to your calling. When you're passionate and you're connected, it's connected to your calling. I, I, I personally think with our salvation, with our grace, with our life, with our love, with our force, we can't be stopped. We can't be stopped. But we don't understand that because we haven't come to Jesus. We haven't learned from him. See, we've seen him as a religious figure, not as an entrepreneur. We've seen him as a as a as a um, as a uh, as a as a as a religious um, uh, uh, person and not as a king. We don't see him as an entrepreneur when that's really what he was. That's what he demonstrated. God said, I'm a God himself said to Malachi, I am a great king. God is a is a entrepreneur. And he does business. And we can learn from Jesus. We can learn from him. He said, come unto me. The greatest challenge to the body of Christ is not the devil. It's learning. It's learning. We need to put an emphasis on learning. 
Jesus said, come to me for what purpose? To learn. That particular scripture in Luke 11, 29, actually, Jesus said, you're supposed to learn your way out of poverty. You're supposed to learn your way out of sickness and disease. We learn our way out. He said, he said, that word there, they are there who labor. The idea of a labor in their day is someone who was overworked and underpaid. How many d- people do we know fit that characteristic? Man, a lot. <laughs> right. about overworked and underpaid. Yeah. All that word labor there. That word heavy laden is it means to be it means to be weighed down to the point to where you're stressed out. You're depressed. What's the leading cause to sickness and disease in our day? Sure. Stress. So when Jesus was speaking, when he was saying, Come on to me, come on, take my yoke upon you. The yoke of learning how to do what? Work out your own salvation. Because that's the solution. We got to see our salvation as the solution to I don't care what problems we face, but specifically our health issues and our wealth issues. More specifically, we're going to focus on our wealth issues and how to overcome wealth. And it's not by getting a job. It's about entrepreneurship. Life is entrepreneurial in nature. And as we perfect our skill set as entrepreneurs, that particular engine you're talking about, what you're talking about with your business, what you're talking about with your business, what I'm doing with my business, we will overcome poverty. That's the warfare. If you're not learning from Jesus how to build wealth this way, you're losing your war pop with poverty. You're losing. One of the things I told my son this week, he uh, he, sa- he said he just got his working papers, and um, you know I asked him what he was trying to get into, and he, he wanted to get into Foot Locker, and you know the benefit of you know being working at a shoe store that that you know you can get discounts and stuff like that from. He's a big shoe person, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, I tried to expand his horizons a little bit. I talked to him about, you know, landscaping. There's a little bit more money to be made. It's something that can be turned into something that's, you know, entrepreneurial. He can develop his own business when he gets to a certain point. Um, but the main thing that I told him, I said, you know, don't get so caught up with trying to make it work at one job. Try other things. See what you like. Right. You know, find out what it is that you're passionate about because – that should be the end goal of all these jobs that you're working is to find what you love to do and then pursue that. Right. You know, and a lot of people don't, they don't get taught that at, at, at an early age to, you know, they, they just think, okay, well you get a job, you stick at that job, you make it up to management and you retire from there. Right. That, that we were never meant for that. Right. Right. And nowadays he likes shoes, right? Yeah. Okay. You get a discount on the shoes. All right. So there's either two avenues you can go with that. Right. <laughs> right. You can spend your check before before you even made the money yeah. to go put it back in Foot Locker, who just paid you for your time, <laughs> right? Or you can buy those shoes at a discount, then flip them and sell them and make it into there a business, as plenty of children are doing nowadays. That's it. So the perspective just has to be right. in the right place. The well, mindset has to be the right, right Well, place. we're living in what we call the entrepreneurial age. There's been five <laughs> different ages. We're coming up on our sixth age economic age in the history of mankind. All, we can go all the way back to the agricultural age, then the industrial age, then the then the um, the uh, the uh, uh, then the internet age, and, and and then the information age. And now we're coming into what we call the entrepreneurial age with the advent of the internet. Entrepreneurialism is is easily accessible or accessible to mankind more easily than it's ever been before. There's been more millionaires made millionaires made in the last 20 years than in the entire history up to that point because of the advent of the internet and 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 the expansion of the economy. The economy is global now all over the world now. So if you want to uh, uh, live out your your uh, entrepreneurial uh, juices or, or or spirit, it's easier now to do it because the the the, the level the level of entry has been lowered. As you said, he could take he could take 
you know, the little money footlockers paying them and put it back into going and find buying shoes online wholesale and then turn around and sell them. You know, the, the whole idea, the whole idea of, of, of multiplication and increase in doing business is is buy low, sell higher. I mean, that's all you can go online and buy wholesale and then sell retail. Well, the shoes nowadays from the retail price at Foot Locker, when they're bought, they only put out a limited amount now. Mm-hmm. So if he's there, has access to buying. And, and at a fifteen on his discount, on a right. discount, fifteen percent discount, the the margin is crazy because right, right, then yeah. you, I mean, these shoes are selling for two hundred, a hundred dollars more than right. the retail value, right? Exactly because they're they're not around, people can't get them, right? Because they're, if you're not the first hundred in line, you're not getting. You don't the have them anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, that in itself is a man. Well, what's what's key? Well, what's yeah. some of the keys to to entrepreneurialism? You got to see. You got to be able to seize, and you got to be able to sustain a particular opportunity. Yeah. You got to be able to see it. Well, you have an eye to see it. Right now, yeah. he don't have an eye to see it. Right. As an entrepreneur, you're going to see that. But because you've developed that entrepreneurial skill set, you've developed your entrepreneurial eye to be able to see things. And as, you, as, you, as you've grown in your salvation, you now see, man, I'm always looking for opportunities uh, to, to create another resource. The Bible says uh, we should have seven, possibly even eight different resources. So that so that uh, so that we can bring have money coming in from from everywhere, and that's passive income. We want to look at passive income, but um, to the point you were making earlier, we have we have we have a entrepreneurial drive given to us by God that has to be cultivated. That if, but if it's not cultivated, what happens? It becomes stifled. Our current educational system stifles our entrepreneurial drive. It's been scientifically uh, uh, proven, and it's actually being uh, there's been research done now by a, a particular university that that that's saying if you leave a child to himself in the sense of allowing him to grow and develop economically, they will naturally begin to function entrepreneurially. If it's if it's starting a lemonade stand, to selling shoes, to cutting people's grass, to getting a paper route, and yeah. whatever it is, they'll naturally do things entrepreneurially. We have to be educated not to think entrepreneurially. Think about that. We have to be educated. Our, our public school education system, our education system in our country, educate us not to think entrepreneurially. And it, it derived from the, the industrial age because jobs were so plentiful. You know, the, the, um, the industry leaders went to the government saying, hey man, we need workers. We need workers. We need, we, need, we need them to have this level. They only need a 12th grade education or they only need this much education. And they need to be there from 8 o'clock to 4 o'clock. So we designed our education system. School only used to be from 8 to 12. It used to be all day long. But to get us to condition us to become employees, they put a school system in place that makes us go from 8 o'clock to 4 o'clock or 9 to 5, which fits an empl- a work day for an employee. I mean, to, to, to understand what's taking place, we have to be educated, not to function entrepreneurially. That's why Jesus said, learn from me. Don't learn from, from, from these different factions of, of, of entities that, that, that do things their way. Learn of me. I'm, I'm meek and I'm lowly in heart. I want to show you my way to build wealth to where you're not, it's not laborious, to where you're not weighed down, to where you're not sick and weakly and die soon, to where you're not being, 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 uh, exchanging your time for money when it, was, when it was intended for us to exchange our talents for money. So there's so much that we got to learn. Our salvation is a solution, but we need to position ourselves and we need to um, discover, as you talked about with your son, we need to discover the raw resource that God placed on d- down inside of us. Every one of us has been given talent in a sense of something that equates to the goal. And I, and I will go as far as to say I believe, my faith has allowed me to believe that it's at least, at minimal, $2 million because that's what he gave the guy. It's at minimal $2 million. 
the least that I should be able to generate for my raw resource is $2 million a year. Now, he took that $2 million and he multiplied it. He doubled it. Yeah. So that's $4 million. So the, the least, the least that my raw resource can produce for me is $2 million at the very least. And I'm not talking about over a lifetime. I'm talking about in a year, in a year's time. I have a long, I don't even think it gave a time period for which this guy could return. But he doubled the money. Well, the point is what the raw resource God has given us that's comprised within our gift set. The gift set is comprised of your spiritual gifting. It's comprised of your natural gifting. It's comprised of the acquired skill that you develop over a lifetime of experience of working at a particular place or working at Falaka or wherever it might be. We have to have a, um, uh, an apparatus. Fortunately, here at Salvation Solutions, we have an apparatus. We have a gift set analysis, one of the most, I'm talking about, one of the most uh, intense and, um, and clarifying ones that I've, that I've experienced, and I've been through a lot of them. Um, but I connected with this this guy that's been researching gift set for over 50 years, and he's broken it down very, very, very clearly and plainly. Um, and we were able to, you know, work together and put some things together so that we can put a gift set analysis, have someone answer a series of questions, and they're now able now to, 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 to discern and decide, you know, where where their where their gift cluster because your gift set comes in clusters, like it's like grapes, they come in clusters. You don't have one gift. You have at least you have at least what we call three. You have a primary, secondary, and a tertiary. You have at least three. Your primary gifting, your secondary gifting, and your tertiary gifting, they all work together. They all come together to, to, to formulate a whole gift set. And so we got we to gotta be able to discern that. We got to be able to decipher that. Then you deal with your passion, the thing that you either love or the thing that you hate. Both ends. Some people are moved by what they hate. Others are moved by what they love. Either way, it's important for you to understand that. Once we gather all this information, we put all this information together, we sit down and we say, okay, how can we now that we've discovered your raw resource, we've discovered your passion, how can we now monetize this? This is what we do at Salvation Solution. This is what we do. This is how we're going to, this is how you build wealth God's way. Now you're talking about, now you're talking about doing something that you're passionate about, doing something that you're, that you're skilled for, doing something that you, that you bring a solution to. Now, now everything that, that God would have you to do is in order. Now building wealth is easy. But we got to, we got to, if we don't learn that, if we don't come unto him and learn that, then we're going to labor. We're going to be heavy laden. We ain't going to be restful. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. This is, it says in that sense, he says, you shall find rest for your souls. How important is a restful, peaceful soul? The Bible says over in 3 John, beloved above all things, I wish that I would prosper and be in hell. How? According to what? Your soul prosper. What's soul yeah. prosperity? What is it? A, a, a prosperous soul. Man, I got to tell you all this. Let me, I, 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 I took these notes. I wasn't intending to go here, but I'm going to give you this. A prosperous soul, a prosperous soul, listen, a prosperous soul, holistically, first and foremost, is a restful soul, a peaceful soul, and a bountiful soul. That's a soul that's enlightened, a soul that's learned, and a soul that's joyous. Practically speaking, relationally, it's, it's a soul that's positioned, aligned, and active. So what happens is our soul, our soul, when man fell, he, when God created man, he created man, spirit, being, soul, body. Three degrees. Well, when man fell, the soul and the spirit got flipped. Now the soul was on top now. Now the soul has engulfed the life of the spirit. Well, what happens is once you get born again, things go back in order. Spirit, soul, body. Now what happens is my soul, my soul now is in submission, my, in submission to the spirit. My soul and the faculties of my soul, my, my will, my mind or emotions. So when we talk about, when we talk about relationally, how my position with the spirit now is intact. I'm positioned right. I'm, in, I'm under the spirit. My alignment, the, 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 the soul's components, my will, my mind and my emotions are all lined up. I'm not emotionally driven now. 
I'm in control of my emotions. Um, my, my intuition, my mind, my, my, my intuitive mindset is, is keen and it's sharp because it's in tune with the spirit. And my will is submitted to God's will. All of these things matter. A prosperous soul. And lastly, when it comes to the vitality side, it's being submitted, it's being renewed, and it's being controlled. My, my will is submitted, my mind is renewed, and my soul is, I'm in control of my emotions. That's a prosperous soul. Jesus said, when you come to me, when you learn, man, I'm good. When you learn, man, you're going to be peaceful. When you learn, your soul going to prosper. We have to learn. We haven't developed a culture in the church where you go to church to learn. We haven't developed a culture amongst entrepreneurs where, you learn, where you're constantly learning. They say you're wealthiest people in the world. They're constantly reading. They're constantly learning. We have to be constant learners. We have to always have a mindset to learn. We learn, we win. You don't learn, you lose. It's just that simple. And that is what we hope you got out of this today. <laughs> we hope you learned something. We thank you for joining us. On, uh, I just want to clarify something real yeah. quick before we before we end. Um, you you said people are motivated by by things they hate. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just want to make sure you know everybody understands that that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. You know, no doubt. as long as your hating is in line with what God says about it. If right. there's things that God hates, that's fine. If, if you hate poverty, fine. Great. You're not supposed to love right. it. Right, right. You know? there, there are things, people don't understand, there are things that God hates. Yeah. <laughs> there's some things that he hates. I think he talks about it in Proverbs. Yeah. There's some things that God hates. So it's okay to have a, what we would call a holy indignation, an indignation towards certain things. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a very God-like thing to be moved. Like, like, like I hate, like I hate to see um, athletes not properly trained. So it didn't surprise me when God moved me to start a training business for yeah. athletes. You know, so, so, so there's certain things. But on the same token, I love to see athletes who are fit and trained properly. So it, it's kind of it's kind of either way. It's kind of a give or take here. But but yeah, I mean, I mean, um, we want to thank y'all for, for, for tuning in. It's been a, it's been a pleasure to share share. Uh, man, this this insight you hate for the end. Um, but we want to ask you to, to, to uh, you know, comment, share, like. And uh, tell a friend, if this, pro- if this podcast has been a blessing to you in any kind of way, um, I'm going to put some pressure on you. I'm going to tell you, you're obligated now to share this with someone you love. You're obligated now to, to give this information and to pass along and, uh, and to help us to spread this gospel of, of salvation so that, so that your loved ones, your friends, your family, whomever, whether they're saved or not, um, can hear this and, and benefit from it. Uh, our, war, our war, Rich, is on poverty. That's the warfare. And if, you don't, if you're not equipped to go and fight this war and deal with this, deal with your, your poverty. Uh, the thief is coming to impoverish you. But Jesus came that you may have life, love, life, and life more abundant. That's love, crea- creativity, that's pr- the ability to produce, and that's the ability to go out and serve as an entrepreneur. If you don't have that mindset, you're going to lose. And, and too many be- believers are losing. And uh, at here, here at Salvation Solution, we put this podcast together so that we can equip you, uh, uh, invigorate your entrepreneurial uh, you know, spirit, uh, even as an employee, you can think entrepreneurially. You should be thinking entrepreneurially and, and to invigorate you and to give you the, help you to develop the skill set. Oh, uh, we got to mention Building Wealth God's Way. Uh, our Building Wealth God's Way portal. Uh, it's a portal where you can go and you can have um, access, instant access to a, an, an array of video. It's a video library full of your sp- things that will enable your spiritual wealth, your soulless prosperity, your entrepreneurial skill set, and give you some insight on exactly who Jesus was and how Jesus functioned uh, as an entrepreneur. And, and you glean from the life of Jesus. You learn from him. The key to your success as a, as a believer is learning from Jesus. You learn from him, 
man, life will be grand. You'll be a successful entrepreneur, and you'll be able to build wealth, maintain health, and be a blessing to others. Is that where that test is? Say the it again. The gift set analysis test yeah. is on our website, but that, that's under construction okay. right now. I, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm redoing it. I'm Super redoing interesting. It. And, in and, and it's under construction. And so we're probably, we're probably less than a week away. By next week, we'll be able to um, tell our – uh, our listeners, where to go okay. and how to get in connect with us, and, and we'll have a you know we'll have different levels for you to for you to come in at. But yeah, that that was something when I went through it, it clarified purpose, it clarified passion, it clarified destiny, it clarified everything for me. Now I can run the race that's been set before me, and watch God bless it. Is that something that people can can use whether they're believers or not? Believers or not, okay. don't matter. Believers or not, Bible says this. Bible says this. It rains on the just. As well as the unjust. Yeah. The example the Lord gave me is this. Just like we are United States citizens. You're citizens of our country, right? Mm -hmm. But there are also people in our country who aren't citizens. <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're able to take advantage of some of the benefits of being in our country, even yeah. though they're not citizens. Yeah. Right? We have more rights and we are we are we take we are, we have more benefits afforded to us because we are citizens. More access. We have more access to those things, but they don't. But they yeah. still have access to a degree of it. Yeah. Well it's the same way whether you're saved or unsaved, that, that you have access to a degree of success in life because, because the kingdom is a very principle-driven kingdom. And you have access to the principles to operate them, whether you have a relationship with the king or not, but you're limited in how successful you can be. Right. And we'll talk about that on another show. You got to close. <laughs> you got to close. Yeah, you, I, you, you started to. Uh, I stopped. Yeah, yeah, right. My bad. Going. But, um, keep going. <laughs> Well, thanks again for joining us on uh, Salvation Solutions. We hope you gained some knowledge out of this, some information. And um, we pray that you utilize this mm -hmm. to benefit your family for wealth and health. And uh, we will talk to you next time.